1: Pride. One of the chief reasons we need to keep this sixth petition found in the Lord's Prayer ever and always in our own prayer life. Join us. Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner is up next. It's at the heart of our sin. It's something each and every one of us struggle with and strive against every day of our lives. Pride, self-centeredness, our own ego, our id, if you will. It's why Jesus tells us we are to die to our flesh daily, pick up our cross and follow after him. And with that, he then gives us a bit of prayer help, something to guide our prayer lives daily in this fight against our pride and our flesh and our sin. Lead us not into temptation, and deliver us from evil. That's what we're looking at today, the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer. And this is Abounding Grace, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Join us, won't you? Our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Gary Wagner, with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace.
2: If you know yourself, then you will know what you can read and what you can't read. You're going to know what things you can watch and what things you can't watch. You're going to know what people you can run with and those you must avoid. Avoid anyone, beloved, who does not encourage you to do God's will on this earth as it is in heaven and to hallow God's name. Now, that doesn't mean that this person has horns and he hates God. It can be your best friend, it can be the sweetest person you have ever known, it can be a member of Reformed Heritage Church or a member of your family. You need to avoid that person because every time you're around him or her, he or she does not encourage you to do God's will on earth as it is in heaven. And every time you're around that person, you wind up doing things you regret later. There are people you shouldn't allow your children to run around with either. There are places you shouldn't go. You say, I'm free in Christ to go wherever I want to go. And I know, beloved. But if you know your own heart, you will avoid places where you are tempted. We must never use Christian liberty to justify going to certain places, running with certain people, watching certain movies and programs. We know in our heart of hearts, because of our God-given conscience, that these things are not helping us. It is satisfying the lusts and desires of our hearts while we pretend, it is Christian liberty. What about music? Now, those of you who know me know I like all kinds of music. If you were to come into my office while I'm studying and intensely and you knock on the door, you'll probably scare the dickens out of me. Because I've got music going on in the office to crowd out all the other noise. And actually, silence sometimes drives me crazy. And sometimes I'll be listening to oldies, sometimes country, sometimes big band, sometimes classical music. There are a few genres I may condemn, but I do not blatantly condemn most kinds of music. But I've watched people, young and old, listen to music all day that is tinged with sinful, lyrical nuances and connotations, and some just flat-out wicked. And the music that has as its purpose to stir up the heart gets pumped into that heart and into that person's mind. And I actually love to be stirred up by music. But if you're not careful with the words you listen to in that music, it can destroy you. I actually saw friends of mine when I was much younger whose lives were destroyed, Listen to music that promoted the use of drugs and promiscuous sex. And there are movies and television. I've loved movies all my life, starting with westerns when I was just a little kid. My parents actually used to own a cafe bakery that was right next to a movie theater, and I would take what few dollars I made after working on a Saturday at the bakery and I'd watch double matinee movies next door. Now, I certainly don't go to every movie, and I've walked out of many. And I know my own heart. And there are movies that I know are not safe for me. And I'm not simply talking about movies that show skin. My kids will tell you, I cannot handle movies with foul language. Nor will I watch anything where the bad guy is somewhat of a hero. But I love movies where the bad guy gets his much-deserved bloody end, especially crooked politicians, where the good guys are really good guys. I do draw a line at movies, though, when justice is not what is sought, but revenge is what controls the plot. I cannot watch a flick that flaunts bitterness and anger. Those kinds of movies and TV programs fan the flames that are already there just like promiscuous music. What do you read? You adults, do you read books like mystery novels, which in and of themselves are okay? But many of them today promote avarice and sleeping around and blatant feminism. And I am absolutely enraged at some of the novels that homeschooling parents have their children read today. Beloved, if you are going to get victory over sin in your life, you've got to resist, says Scripture. Resist Satan and carefully keep out of his way and the way of temptation, avoiding everything you can possibly avoid that makes it easier than usual for you to sin. We must not even allow ourselves to begin to think about these temptations that involve the denial of the truth, the neglect of duty, and the commission of any sin. Romans 8.13 says, If you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body and will live, a true Christian is concerned not with just avoiding sin, But when temptation comes into his heart, he doesn't want to even think about it for a little while. He wants to flee it immediately. As soon as it raises its ugly head, you must run from it. Even if you have to run from it 100 times before you are totally turned in the other direction. You must learn what self-discipline is and be able to resist even yourself and the sinful desires that remain in your heart. You must control the thoughts that enter your mind or even entice your mind. You must not control them by enjoying them a little and then casting them out. You must put them to death as soon as you see them. Next. If you're going to get victory over sin in your life, you must attack Satan. Not just resist him, but attack him. Have you ever noticed what part of the body has no Christian armor covering it in Ephesians 6? You have a helmet for the head, a breastplate, shin guards, shoes, a shield. There is no armor for the back. Because God is saying, you are always to be on the offense. You are always to be moving forward. Resistance to Satan involves not only saying no to temptation, it not only involves standing firm and refusing to get in, into it, but resisting Satan also includes that we take the offensive by taking the battle to him. We attack him. God's word tells us to resist him so he will flee from us. That implies more than a defensive posture, beloved. It involves taking the battle to Satan. Now, how do you take the offensive every time he comes after you so that he tucks tail and runs rather than you? Whenever he tempts you, make those temptations an opportunity for your spiritual growth and holiness of life. Do the exact opposite of what he wants you to do by that temptation. For example, when Satan tempts you to fret and worry, because life just isn't what you would like it to be, or you're not what you would like to be, or you have all kinds of afflictions and headaches and, and heartaches, and you're growing anxious, take the battle to Satan. Satan. As one old Puritan said, glorify God in the fire. When you are tempted, patiently trust in the Lord. Say, Lord, I know you're going to see me through this temptation. I know you're going to see me through this fire in my life. You haven't forgotten me. You haven't left me alone. You're not sending me more than I can bear. And I thank you that when I get through this trial, as I am faithful to you, you are going to make me even more faithful on the other side than I am now. So when tempt, Satan tempts you to fret and worry, glorify God and patiently trust Him. Some of you fret and worry constantly that you're not really a Christian. Satan is constantly telling you that with your sins you can't possibly be God's child. You're so sure that your sins are so much bigger than everyone else's. So you worry and you grow anxious that you can't possibly be loved by God. Let me tell you right now that if you have asked God into your heart, He is there right now and He is ready and willing to forgive you. Your problem is that your faith is too small. And you are not patiently trusting in God's promises for your life. Paul considered himself the chief of sinners. But he didn't sit around fretting that because of his sin he couldn't possibly be a believer and thus become paralyzed in well-doing. No, he knew that he worshipped a great God who so set his love on him that he continued to cover Paul's sin with his blood. Because you see, fretting and worry is retreat. It's not taking the battle to Satan and glorifying God. Keep in mind, Christians do mourn over their sin. He he hates his sin, but that mourning is short-lived because he knows God is quick to forgive when we take this sin to His cross. And remember, an unbeliever is only concerned with his sin when it gets into trouble. Not so the Christian. He always frets to a small degree over his sin, and then he goes on worshiping God. Stop fretting and start glorifying God. Now, when you're outnumbered and you're tempted to be ashamed of Christ and His cause, and everyone is making fun of the Christian faith, and they're making fun of Christ, particularly making fun of our brand of Christianity, as if Only a fool would believe what we believe. and Satan is trying to make you ashamed and silence you. Seize the moment and set your fears aside saying, God forgive that I should glory, save in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then see what that does with your conversation with the unbeliever. Do exactly the opposite of what Satan wants you to do. And when you are tempted to laziness and carelessness or mediocrity and sloth leaving aside those things you know you should say god have mercy on me and i will do exactly what in the flesh i do not want to do i will be vigilant and diligent and i will work hard at what you want me to do until i enjoy doing it again take the attack to satan also we must resist Satan's attacks on the cause of Christ. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about how Christ helps us restrain Satan in our lives as we take the offense to him, as we depend upon him and resist Satan attacks in the cause of Christ. Now, beloved, don't be naive about this. Satan is always trying to corrupt the truth of Scripture. He's always trying to introduce and maintain and extend error False doctrine, heresy, superstition, atheism, idolatry, disorder, and moral impurity. Satan is always trying to oppose our efforts at spreading the knowledge and influence of grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be naive about it. You must be on guard. He's using everything to to try to make what we believe as reconstructionists look. Foolish to discredit the Christian faith so that he can spread heresy and schism and moral impurity. Sometimes he uses things inside the church. Sometimes he uses things outside the church. Sometimes in the church there are wolves and sheep clothing. Then he uses things outside the church to blur our vision, extend error, false doctrine, and to oppose the spread of the full orb the gospel of Christ. And, beloved, that's what he did on September 11th, 2001. I'm hoping, as I was hoping, as well as I'm sure most of you, that in the aftermath of that, Americans would turn to the Lord because they were so shaken by the event. They would put aside their desire for religious pluralism, they would put aside the idea in postmodernism that there is no such thing as truth, and that they would turn to the Lord and repent that they would see it for what it was, an act of God's judgment on us, and that our only hope is to turn back to him and his word and to a Christian way of life. But what did they do? Led by the President of the United States, George W. Bush, they said that the God of Christianity and the God of Islam are the same God. The Muslims worship the same God the Christians worship. A syndicated colonist wrote an article entitled, The American Taliban, which stated that the real terrorists of the 21st century, who must be silenced by the full force of the law, are people who believe that their religion is the only true religion. And that's you and I. So now we live in a situation that's much worse since then. Satan used 9-11 to discredit the absolute nature of Christianity. So what did God have to do to try and wake us up again? Raised up something called Katrina. That wiped out 90,000 square miles, and I don't know how many thousands of lives. But again, America slumbers And New Orleans continues to celebrate possibly the most decadent event in America called the Mardi Gras. Satan will use these events to draw a wedge between the pagan and Christian world. And it is obvious that Americans are not going to automatically fall back into the arms of the Lord. But you know what? Maybe some of you saw this on the news channels. There was an 87-year-old black woman at the Astrodome during Katrina who had the whole situation in hand while millions were fretting and worrying about their future and crying out to the government to bail them out. This little old lady lost everything. She had no idea what had happened to several members of her family. The living conditions at the Astrodome, as you know, were miserable. But she sat there in peace saying, the Lord is sovereign. And he has even this under his control. Satan was restrained in her life because of her faith. Most everyone else was mad at God for causing such devastation. And yes, God did cause all that to happen. Not the Muslims, not the liberals. God wiped out 90,000 square miles of the Gulf Coast. Satan has used that to lead people to hate God and bring about more government intervention and dependence. Instead of America dropping to its knees in humility and worship of an all-powerful God, they shook their puny fist in His face. Instead of restraining Satan in their lives, they gave Him full reign to destroy them. John Brown says again, The Christian is to fight against Satan, not only in his own heart, but in the church and in the world. And beloved, I'm afraid that many of our reformed men, not counting the evangelicals in our churches, are powerless in resisting the great adversary, because not only are they not working to increase their understanding of the Word of God, many have not even started We read everything else. We read all kinds of blogs and internet sites. We read our favorite novelists. We watch all kinds of TV programs. And men, I am talking particularly to you. Are you having family problems and business problems and personal problems and health problems? Is your life counting for anything at all? Are you standing firm against Satan's assaults upon your family, your children, and your grandchildren? Or are you leaving your wife and your children at risk to Satan's invasions and assaults because you are not being firm and steadfast in the faith by increasing your knowledge of the Word of God and your ability to apply it in your life? Men, when was the last time you really studied good books about God's Word? When was the last time you set your face to, to study diligently the Word of God all the way through and to truly try to understand it so you can apply it? How faithful are you men at seeking to understand God and yourself according to His revealed Word? I'm afraid, brethren... That there is an increasing number of families and individuals here who are at risk. Because our men are not diligently striving to be the men of God whom he has called to be. And will not be able to stand firm and steadfast against Satan's assaults. I I hear many of you fearful of the future and what's coming out of Washington. Washington. Let me tell you, as Reconstructionist, dominion-oriented post-millennialists, you should be the most hopeful people on earth. Satan is using all of this to create fear in the Christian instead of standing firm and being steadfast. Most Christians are cowering in the corner waiting and hoping to be raptured soon. All the more reason why we must stop moaning and groaning and show the church and the world that we will stand firm and steadfast and march fearlessly against the gates of hell with that one weapon that God has given us that is more powerful than any other weapon man or Satan can create, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. But men, you've got to know it. You say, well, I just don't have time to read. I just only have so much time, you see. I've got repairs to make on my house. I've got to work in the garden. I've got to make money to care for my family. Beloved, you better find time if you expect your family to escape the assaults of Satan. And ladies, your husband shouldn't have to come home night after night and do the dishes and clean the house and make dinner. Once in a while is fine for them to help. Unless, of course, your husband is lazy and he comes home and he sits in front of the TV screen or the computer and is just simply slothful. But you must be diligent at your duties so he has the time to study. Because you see, if you want a godly leader... And you want to be protected from the onslaught of Satan, you must allow your men time to study. And you don't waste your time on the computer, on Facebook, or Twitter, or the TV either. We must all be diligent at our duties and prioritize our time. And by the way, if your ladies, if your husbands are slothful and wasting their time, We need to talk. And I'm sorry, beloved, if it seems I'm being harsh on you. But you see, I don't want you to come to me in five or ten years and tell me your family's falling apart. That my wife just can't get a handle on her despair and my children are running with the wrong people and are not keeping a watch on their heart. You must work at protecting your family from the assaults of Satan. So my good friends, pray diligently. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.
1: 866-5607. That's four zero eight eight six six five six oh seven. Our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is ReformedHeritage.org. And then of course you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number four hundred two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two.